Black Box Radio. We're a media platform illustrating black excellence. You already know. We out here. Hey. Black Box Radio. Boxer. Boxer. Black Box Radio. Boxer. Radio. So we got Emily Stubb in the house. So Emily, we're gonna talk about your film Deserted, right? Yep. And um, I saw the film, but I just wanted you to give the family a brief synopsis of what your film is, what it means, how it applies to the community. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me on here. I'm really excited to be here. Um, my short documentary Deserted discusses food access across Baltimore City, Um, looking at people on the ground who are really working to combat this issue, Mm -hmm. while also looking at some organizations in the city that are also trying to rally and uh, help increase food access. What are some of those organizations? Yeah, so we talked to Councilman John Bullock from District 9. Johns Hopkins Center for a Livable Future, uh, DMG Foods, they're a nonprofit grocery store that started over in Waverly, Mm. and um, Anthony Francis, who is a community activist in Harlem Park, West Baltimore, and he is really doing a lot to improve his community and bring better options. And Anthony was featured in the film. Anthony was, yeah, all of them were featured in the film. All of them. Uh, but I kind of remember him because he was, I mean, he did some, you could tell he was doing great work. You could tell the passion. Yes. So, um, yeah, I, I remember that part of the film. Um, so you deal, you have John Hopkins. So you have a lot of partners. A lot of partners. Also, Eric Jackson from the Black Yield Institute. Um, oh, yeah. Cherry over Hill. In Cherry Hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he really lays a brilliant foundation for um, just the issue in the film and why this is a problem that still exists today, and really how environments impact how we all grow and thrive. So what we have access to determines how we will live and continue. So food, there's deserts. What, what is about that that made, that made you want to like make a film that you wanted others to hear about? What, what is it about a food desert? that kind of pricks you to have be a community activist and do films around that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, I think food is something that's so central to the human experience. Everybody eats, Hmm. hopefully three times a day. (laughs) And so to think that there are people who don't have access to fresh, affordable food, really something that I just, I I need to fight for and I kind of can't. Um, just sit back and watch it happen. It really upsets me that people don't have access to fresh food. And um, being in an environmentalist, mm-hmm. I think within that genre, food justice is something that um, has always drawn me. And so when I had the opportunity to make my first film, I thought, uh, what better than make a documentary on food access? And when looking for a location to focus on, um, being from Baltimore, I decided to look at it here, look at this issue here, and um, see what we can do about it. Mm-hmm. 
were you, did you ever have an issue with food being accessible in your own life? How, you know, how did the spotlight, you know, because some people can go their whole life and don't even think about someone else eating. So how did it, did it ever apply in your own life or is this something that she's just very passionate about? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think, uh, you know, growing up, my favorite food as a kid was broccoli, which may sound really wow. weird, but I've always <laughs> kind of had access to fresh food. And that was something that I, I didn't have a problem accessing and um, growing up to realize that not everybody has that same privilege. Um, that's what really pushed me to. Um, so when did you, when do you think you realized? Yeah, that? that's what I'm trying to get out of you. When yeah, did when did the light come on? You're like, like, gosh, those people don't have food. When did that, those people don't have access to fresh food? Those people. When did that light come on? For me, this making this film was kind of the discovery on on the ground, seeing mm. it in real life because I had read about it. But so the film is your testimony. In other words, you learned while well, you learned more about what you read about. When you actually made this film, that's that's you, the thing. Yeah, that's and that's the thing amazing. About, well, Sometimes that's the thing about art documentary. does that. Yeah, that's, documentary yeah. is very much a discovery process for the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So your decision to dive that deep into a subject is not necessarily because you know a lot about it. Um, you might be curious about it, but inevitably um, you're gonna be transformed in the process of hearing all these stories and learning all this information with the intention of putting it together to share with others true true definitely. that's I mean, just just like learning anything so that's the answer yeah <laughs> I mean it definitely was um a discovery process I mean growing up I mean you know people don't have access to food but you don't know to the degree you don't really know until yeah you so actually, I think yeah. you know I've been aware of it but until I actually made this film it didn't really hit me how um how large this issue really is mm-hmm. and how many people truly are affected by it so you describe yourself as an environmentalist. How um, explain what you mean by that, and how that label applies to you? I studied environmental studies and documentary filmmaking in school, um, but being an environmentalist, I think, really goes back to when I was a kid. Like I've always been very conscious about waste and about um, just this earth that we live on, and and why we should be consciously aware of the need to protect it and to save it and not um, use too much of our natural resources. Yeah, so you were a, a, a green kid. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> In all sense of the word, yeah. Um, does this disproportionately uh, f- affect black neighborhoods or um, urban neighborhoods or people, impoverished people. So this is another layer of oppression exactly. in our actuality. Yeah. So, because um, you don't, from your filmmaking, have you seen this in more, um, more wealthier neighborhoods, this access? Because, of course, resources gives you as- access. Exactly. So when you're impoverished, you don't have access. And when policymakers make it harder for the food to come closer to you or the prices to be at a viable level, then we have a lot of factors. So have you seen this in other neighborhoods or or other areas, or is this something that you see mostly in black neighborhoods and brown neighborhoods? Um, Yeah, it is. It it is. is. This definitely is a racial issue, and we can take that back to historical policies of redlining and racial discrimination that goes back. I mean, it's built into the foundation of this country, and 
in doing all this research and working on this film, it really comes down to um, people working on the ground to elevate these stories and bring this issue to light, but that's not enough to really change the structure that has created this. So I think the structure of racism or oppression is prevalent in the system. Mm -hmm. The question is how are we going to come back? Like you said, grassroots, we have to be, we have to do the work because they're going to, the structure is going to stay there. That's why we're here. So how do we combat it through these programs, through your film, Um, just putting a light on the issue. But, you know, growing up in the inner city, um, there is a uh, dearth of good food. The chicken box and a half and half in Baltimore. (laughs) It's king, shawty. You know, you can get that everywhere, and it's it's unfortunate, but it is. You got the kidney fried chicken. You got all these spots where they fry in food, but there's no vegetables, you know, even on the menu. It's not even a fried zucchini, nothing. Real talk. It's right. like, yeah. You know, it's nothing. And and the people's palate has been socially engineered. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's been engineered to even like that type of food, and that's what they crave. The, the chemicals in it, mm-hmm. the sugar in it. Let's be clear. This is And the half and half, that just puts the pudding on top. Get that chicken, and you get that sugar, and you get that... Yeah, it's, ah. it's, it's, it's all it's, good. It's all good. Yeah, it's salt, fat, and sugar. It's like yeah. all the stuff good, that good. you just. So yeah. you know that's that's a real it's a real issue, and um, think you know people say well why why are they like that but behavior, mm-hmm. you know foods, definitely sh- um, shows up in behavior, and which you see this behavior in the hood. And it's it's a very irrational behavior. Nutrition is so important. You are what you eat. And if you eat chicken boxes and half and half, <laughs> trust me, you're a chicken and a half. <laughs> so that's how it works. Uh, was there a question coming in there? Or? Um, it is. You know, I got to do testing. <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean, I can comment on that. I think. I just had to say that. Yeah. You know, because that's relative to our community. Real talk, you know, a lot of times we sit and talk to people, we talk from this, uh, we're so smart, but the people eating chicken box (laughs) and half and halves. So they need to understand that that food is poison. Real talk, it's poison. And so you need to look for viable alternatives for your family. I don't know what it could be, but I want to call it out. So that's why you didn't hear the question yet, G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, you can't blame people for this problem oh, no, because no, it's it's, not it's what's put there. Absolutely. You know, you can't. Um, They've been engineered towards this. Exactly. Yes. And it's it's awful that this has just we've kind of dis the not we but through policy it's been decided who can <laughs> who obtain has access. what yeah, yeah who has yeah. access you know the, those who have the goal they make the rule. And most times, people make rules for themselves and leave others to scrape. That's that's just where it's at. So, so what is? Oh, sorry. I got a question. Ahead, so what ahead. what are some of the? Um, so we understand sort of what the landscape is. What are some of the innovative ways that you've seen people com- combat the system to yeah. start to have impact on families and peoples and communities who have historically not had access, or who have developed a pattern of uh, eating habits and culture that are leading them down a path to ill health and poor outcomes. Yeah, I mean, I think 
we got to look at the landscape, right? So neighborhoods that don't have a grocery store within walking distance in an urban environment, you should be able to walk to a store. store. Mm -hmm. And so not having a grocery store that makes you kind of dependent on corner stores for your food access. And if there's nothing fresh there, which in most uh, corner stores across Baltimore, it seems like, you know, onions and potatoes are some of the freshest things you'll find. Um, So increasing the availability of healthy foods in corner stores is a way to really um, Mm. get fresh food to people who might not be able to get to a grocery store. starting community gardens. I think that that is huge. I mean, it's definitely tough when you live in, um, you know, cities or areas that experience harsh winters, but... Um, it can be done, though. It yeah. can be done, yeah. yeah. Whatever and it, you want to do, you can do it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, urban gardening is huge. I'm thinking that uh, maybe transportation has a lot to do with food access. What do you think about that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, transportation might be one of the biggest inhibitors to access to fresh food just because mm. if you don't have a car and you have, this, to, deal with you have to either walk or take public transportation. And as we show in the film in a graphic, mm-hmm. the bus transfers to get to a grocery store yes. are insane. It wow. can take hours for people just to access fresh food. And someone having a car that is mind-blowing and people say i'll oh, just sh- take a lift but yeah. people don't have these type of resources yeah to just take lift and just do that they don't have it transportation is it's one a, of the biggest one of the biggest. biggest things that um that creates this barrier of access because if you have a car and we live in a society that kind of expects that everybody has cars um if you don't have a car then it's it's really difficult and it takes a lot of time. And for a lot of people who do have cars that I show this film to, it's um, it's truly eye-opening. A lot of people just are so far removed from anything outside of their bubble. Absolutely. And that's why I think film plays a really important role in just education of the public. Uh, so... Uh I'm glad you actually spoke on. Um, Introduce yourself, man. Yeah, you might as well, sir. <laughs> yeah, hello, everybody. My name is Benjamin Campbell. I'm also here as a photographer for Baltimore. Um, I also travel throughout Baltimore and other cities, but um, mainly located in East Baltimore as a photographer, as a developer as well, working through real estate, as an uh, investor, also a community advocate. And for the black people. That's what so. I'm talking about. Bro, you could call. <laughs> she was laying it out, didn't I? I ain't got to ask you nothing. I love it. Go ahead. So um, Interject. So uh, I'm actually glad that uh, you actually spoke on um, the statement about corner stores not uh, giving out these uh, types of food that would bring a person more uh, self-wealth in a sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I say that, I, wanna, I want everybody to understand that um, through food actually builds a persona in a person because of the fact that if I eat junk food all my life, I will become fat, <laughs> I will become depressed. Mm-hmm. There are characteristics that come with these sugars and these salts. So Absolutely. I feel as though, me per se, I know 
in my community, in the East Baltimore community where we're at right now, uh, to actually um, landmark somewhere, I would say Monument Street, we have probably like 15 different corner stores, and not one of them uh, you, that you can go to, you can buy an apple, you can buy a pear, you can buy um, a f- fresh tomato. How I mean, a banana? That's like the yeah, big, even Seven yeah, Eleven yeah, has yeah. a banana. Yeah, but, roll with me. But but <laughs> at the same time, it's like how you said it's systematically designed. Absolutely. For us to not be nutrient, for us not to have nutrients right. in our day to day diet or in our food chain at all. So. For you to actually be able, I commend you actually. First off, oh, he's <laughs> clapping now. <laughs> but, um, Loving it <laughs> because because a lot of people don't really take their time out to actually see what is important when it comes down to food. All we look at food as like a breath of air, even though we don't even look at the importance of air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true for a person to actually take time out of their life and actually sit back and dwell on it and see like you know, well, I know that. First off, I can go to a store per se, like Whole Foods, for instance, and I can go in there and buy walnuts. I can buy bananas. Mm-hmm. I can buy fresh, um, fresh uh, vegetables. vegetables, foods, um, even with the meats. Uh, you know, the FDA has approved so many toxins mm-hmm. to the point where, as in a, a, a normal African American, I would say. Uh, to speak on my standpoint, would actually die probably by the age of 40 or even 30 by the time they got, by the time they even hit that age, just from the consuming different types of toxins throughout the food. So, yeah, food, air, stress. Mo- it's mo- so many factors that get you to a very negative health imprint. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of factors that do that. But you said something that was poignant. And you said the system, you know, kind of is designed. Mm-hmm. The system we know mm-hmm. is so flawed. It has oppressive uh, issues and oppress- oppressive tactics. But the bigger thing in these neighborhoods is the owners of the stores. Let's be clear. Humans control humans. Systems control the application of, right? So if another human recognizes another human when you feed your children, would you feed them the food that you feed other people's children? We have to be responsible for each other also. The business owners that are present in these neighborhoods have no love for the people. Let's be clear. They are there to collect. They are part of the system. They are there to collect, destroy, derive, whatever it takes for their family to go forward and yours to do whatever. It is a process that humanity also has a great role in how we access anything. The environment, food. If we are not humane to each other, then all this breaks down. So go to a corner store of different people who have no love for the people and say, can you uh, spend more money in your bottom line to bring fruit in that might spoil? Because they're looking at the corporate you know, part of this of how to make money. So we can blame it on the system, but we gotta look at our neighborhoods. We gotta take them back. And I'm not saying everybody has to be black. Let's be clear, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but if you're present in someone's neighborhood Mm -hmm. and you are the minority, Mm -hmm. then why would you abuse that neighborhood? Mm. That's that's what I'm saying. And uh, I'm glad you said that because um, I actually, one thing I do per se, and what's actually coming soon uh, for 2020, 
uh, were actually petitioning against. So if any store uh, owners hear this, <laughs> we're coming. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Black Box so, Radio is in the house. <laughs> we got a hint coming on East Baltimore. Yes. <laughs> wow. So um, we're actually petitioning against every corner store that is not owned by a black. And even if it is owned by a black, if he or she isn't giving out the nutrients to exactly. help out the, the youth, the next upcoming generation, mm-hmm. that's why we have so many murders, because these kids are distraught. Their minds are gone. Yes. Through the foods, social media, music. Yep. So if you guys own a corner store and decide that it is, and what I've seen several times and through the kids that I work with, these corner stores serve tobacco um, products as far as game leaves, um, cigarettes, black and miles. And these kids don't even, like back in the day, we would have to, if we wanted to try to sneak and smoke, we would have to ask an adult or, you know, ask a crackhead, unfortunately. <laughs> Excuse me, man, language. But, um, you know, ask an older person to go inside the store and buy it for us. Now it's gotten to the point where it's in. By them, like you said, not being from our neighborhood, not being a part of our culture, and not giving an F, mm-hmm. they feel like... That's giving it's, a free, y'all. That, that's yeah, nothing it's, bad. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it feels as though that uh, it's okay to give a 13-year-old child mm. or a 5-year-old kid a cigarette or a, or a black and mild, in which I've seen it multiple times. So I feel as though now is the time you know, to actually step up and actually... You know, use this pedestal as a um, as a mic, mm-hmm. and actually show them that you're not here for long. You're not going to be here for long, and we are watching you very closely. And we should. We we don't have to come for people who are treating people well. Exactly. People get angry and say, "Oh, those people coming after me." But if you don't mistreat people, then right. you don't have any problems. Right. Just do what humans do to humans. Right. Have some things in your stores mm-hmm. that have, of course, you're going to have candy and what a corner store has, but you can yeah. still have a, a side, at least a place for people with some fresh vegetables just and some fresh fruit. We need that in our communities. Mm-hmm. If your children are eating it, our children need to eat it too. Exactly. Eat it too. Yeah. So that, that is the, the biggest thing with food access is we can't, the system is the system, but the question is, is the people functioning in the neighborhoods and the and our and the people, we got to change the way we move. Mm. That's just what it is. We got to care about each other. When we care about each other, if you care about someone, you you won't continue to do that. Mm. You, you get what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm not saying having a love relationship, but just mm. as another human, that these are neighborhoods. You're these are kids that, and I know these people in these corner stores see these kids grow up. Mm-hmm. They see them from babies. They've been there that long, and to you're rearing children to a point. Why don't you have some type of relationship, some vested interest in their outcomes? You, you get what I'm saying? Why are we so, I don't know, how you can come into a store every day and um, sell people things that you know that's not healthy yeah. and then have a family also. They, they how just, do you do that? I feel as though like they look at us as cash cows, you know, because first off, we're the number one consumers. Absolutely. Um, and to be honest, if we were to really take what I just said, we are the number one consumers, and put that into play, we can then bring back the Black Wall Street. Mm. We can then bring back um, a lot of store owners that are of minority and that have the mindset to actually build mm-hmm. and not destroy. Just because you have a store and you, you offer snacks, Debbie's, chips, 
that doesn't mean that you're building. You're actually destroying mm -hmm. because these fools and products that you're putting, that you're not putting inside of you, but you're putting inside of others are destroying them. That's why, like I said in the past, that's why we have a high crime rate. Mm -hmm. That's why we have obesity on the rise. Yep. That's why we have laziness through mentality of thoughts, yep. you know? And that's why a lot of things are where it's at today. But at the same time, if we, we can't always blame a person, but we can change a person in, in a way. Mm -hmm. Now, we might not can't Or make them aware, them. you yeah. know? Because sometimes, you know, you've done the same thing. You, someone taught you this. You mm -hmm. don't really know the impact. Right. You know, you, you really don't. You're trying to feed your family. Mm -hmm. You're a minority also. Mm -hmm. Most of, most people, most of these folks that's in our neighborhoods. So I'm trying to give them a branch. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But they can change, mm -hmm. and and that's what we need. We need the, the the business owner needs to be responsible, but the people has to have a different demand level. Mm -hmm. The business owner won't change because it's you know demand. Maybe. You the, the people have to change their palate. We have to eat better. Yeah. <laughs> no one's gonna bring stuff in that you're not gonna buy. Mm -hmm. The store won't last. You, you, now, mm -hmm. now we have a further food desert if the corner store goes bye-bye. Exactly. What do we have now? So we have to look at the, all of the mechanisms of it. You know, So food access is a big issue, Emily. It really is. But um, in our neighborhoods, well, black neighborhoods, I don't know the solution right now. What do you think in neighborhoods they can do right now to start change this accessibility that we're talking about what can if a neighborhood association said well, you know we're going to work on this what is an action plan that you can kind of give them that they can start solving some of these issues i'll throw it out to eric jackson over in cherry hill i mean he started um the black yield institute and they're they're growing like they started a community garden that has taken root and the community mm -hmm. engages in and you know they're working on starting um i should say exploring the possibility of opening a cooperatively owned grocery store in south baltimore amazing and that's just and like Cherry grassroots Hill. yeah them amazing. taking it on so i think there's a lot a lot can happen when people come together <laughs> on an issue mm -hmm, mm -hmm. bless you galvanizing the people is it's just paramount. When the people finally wake up, then right. everybody around them who's who's feeding them, they have to change. And that yeah. starts with education. Oh, starts. Exactly. We can go layer this up. Yeah. You know right, education. right. Oh, I mean, yeah. Education is key, key. And this knowledge is power. power. And like we were talking, like nutrition affects mind, body, spirit. Yes. And it, I think... It's, that's the part of the system, though. The system affects the education. Exactly. It, it, it puts the it adds the oppression. It adds all the other mm -hmm. ancillary drugs and all of the liquor stores and all of the yeah. social engineering. So that's all of a system of movement because the people can't control this type of movement that's happening in right. neighborhoods. They cannot control it. Yeah. Someone is definitely touching the neighborhoods the way they want to, and it's so unfortunate. But it's that's what's happening. I mean, and like I said, box up if you think I'm wrong. Come up in here. <laughs> talk to me but I just think I mean because I'm willing to say listen I'm wrong but I think the system has is, is a culprit mm -hmm. I really do oh for sure I mean think about the national school lunch program oh a the mess it's a how are kids expected to engage in their classes and learn if all they're eating are what's provided is just sugary and M -M -M. not You're saying nutritious it. you are saying it on my yard on Facebook I put that up there because really? a guy paid I think um, nine years of back school lunch. 
and and and, and current because of um the kids couldn't eat lunch. So I'm just like we're we're penalizing the child for not affording a lunch that's non-nutritious. What is wrong with adults? So we're in their most formative years, we're penalizing them that they can't eat lunch and the lunch isn't even not even nutritious. You're penalizing something that for trash and then telling them they can't have it around their peers. What are we teaching children? So now they're starting to be angry so young cuz they can't eat lunch like their peers. So we're ostracizing children for something that's non-nutritious. Who does that? Adults. (laughs) It's it's really unbelievable. Why is that a part of your system? That you do that to children? Something's wrong. Whatever. We can talk about this all forever, 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 forever. I mean, and we can look at actual points, but the question is, let's galvanize. Let's galvanize. So, Emily, you're um, filmmaking. What's the end game? What, what are we going to do next? Because you're almost out here. So we just want to see what's your next movement, talk about your handles, how people can get in touch with you, that type of thing. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Deserted was a 20-minute short that I'm now looking at as a case study of the issue, you mm-hmm. know, how we've gotten here, how we've created these food landscapes, and now what people are doing to try and reverse the the history and bring food to people. So I'm working on a longer film um, that's gonna look at food access across the country and really focus on the people that are making it happen, the people that are on the ground working to bring fresh food. Um, So that's what I'm working on now. Um, So you're gonna highlight the folks making a change. Exactly. Which is is excellent. So people can actually define change makers, Mm -hmm. partner with change makers. You know, because people say, well, I don't know what to do. Okay, well, here's the change makers. Call them up, hit them on their yard, whatever. And then you can make change together. So that's a good thing. You're gonna gonna make a documentary on that. It's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be a feature length documentary that will definitely still touch on the historical policies that have gotten us here and the history, Mm because I think that's, very important to understand today Mm -hmm. um but i want it to really show people the solutions by seeing people on the ground who are doing the work so so the 20 that's a 20 minute short you know you're speaking in your uh director terms so that was a 20 minute short so what is a longer film like a 40 minute long i mean talk to us um (laughs) like how does that 90 minute 90 minutes okay i'm trying to understand the lingo okay so 90 minutes would be a whole feature just like a whole like a movie link well you know i'm a little slow work with me work with me bro okay so i'm just trying i'm trying to find out how it works that's fair yeah (laughs) so you said and one more thing so the people know you said you study environmental studies and documentary filmmaking right yes and you said school is that in maryland or what school did you go to i went to ithaca college in upstate new New york York. yeah Yeah. excellent yeah okay so you studied there and are you doing any more um, things with filmmaking when it comes to school or now you're just applying your knowledge? Um, no grad school yet. Yeah, no just grad school. Apply, applying my knowledge. Applying your knowledge. I think Deserted, um, like I said, was my first film. Um, I made it as my thesis for undergrad. And so wow. now that I have more time and I'm not within the constraints of the school schedule, I'm sure. like expanding this and really diving deep because this topic is really important to me and I people need to know and people need to know what's going on in a positive way. We need we need some hope. Yeah, so we're talking about this film. So how does the people access it? Is there a way for us to, because I saw it, but you know, everyone needs to see it. You need to get, so how do people see the film actually? 
That's a great question. Well, because it's because it's going to be part of this larger film, I don't have it available publicly online. Mm-hmm. But if people are interested, um, hit me up on Instagram and I can send like a private link or something. Did you do your handles? Or uh, hand Instagram handle is Emily Stubb mm-hmm. on Instagram. Spill it out. Emily, E-M-I-L-Y-S-T-U-B-B. You got an education problem in Baltimore. Work with us, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> They're not eating good lunch. Yes. Well, no, this, you never know how people spell stuff. Yeah, they might. Oh, that is fair. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No underscores. Okay, Facebook. Now, so that's just the gram? Just the gram. Just the gram. Okay, you have an email. Yeah. You have a website. Yeah, email uh, is stub, spelled the same way. Mm-hmm. Stub.emily at gmail.com. Okay. So, yeah, get in touch. I'm, I'm doing screenings around the city, too. So if people want to have public screenings, I'm available for that. Oh, okay. I hear you. <laughs> so how would you go about that quickly? How, if you wanted a public, say, like me, I wanted to screen your film. I want to bring some people in. I want them to come film. I'm going to come see your film. How could you do that? Um, in my house? Yeah, they have a space to screen it. Okay. Um, okay, so it would have, they would have to provide everything. You just bring, you just bring the, the big dessert. Just bring the film, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's how it works. So I'm just wondering how it works. Yeah, okay. no, that's fair. That's pretty cool. You can add that to an event or something. Mm-hmm. Screen a film. Wow. Okay. So, um... This is what we do. Last will and testament. What you got to tell a family? What you got to tell a community? You're out of here. <laughs> uh, well, first, I want to thank you guys for having me You're on so the podcast. Welcome. And I'm truly just honored to be able to share the stories of people who are doing the work. Because I'm just really here to elevate what people are doing on the ground. So um, it's an honor to be working on this topic and trying to further food access and make Food accessible for all. Healthy food. So Good. good. Do you have a name for the new film as we move on out of here? Or is Tentative it title is Reshaping the Food Landscape, but mm. whether that'll stick or not, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. And how far <laughs> so along are we? I, I did a shoot out in L.A. in wow. June. So they're our second city on the list. And right now I'm working on applying for grants, so to get the funding to actually. And what make list? It what's this list? How many cities? Ten city tour. Go ahead, Beyonce. <laughs> 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 I'll just play. <laughs> which which is your list? Is it five cities, or or these are cities that you researched? You have a lot of food deserts. How did that work? How did you come up with this, the list? Yes. Yeah, so I can't reveal the list now, but okay. I'm working on research still. Okay. Um, so still in the research process, still in the grant writing phase, but it will look at communities, I should say, instead of cities across the country, because food access affects both rural and urban environments. You're right. Mm-hmm. So, and I think um, that's something that's going to be touched on in the film. So I think probably five. We want to get good coverage of the country. Cause and that's amazing each, because people don't think rural have food desert, but they do too. Even though they have land, they have issues also. Yeah, and and that that's amazing. So that's something that inner city people should see, you know, because we wouldn't think that, but it happens. Yeah, it's okay. unfortunate that in the wealthiest country in the world we have this problem. You'd think that everybody would have access to healthy, affordable, fresh food, but it's just not the case. And we're gonna leave on that. Black Box Radio, you know what hit us. Ayad, uh, Black Box. Uh, black is B-L-A-K, no C. Box is B-O-X-X, one, two, two X, excuse me. 
radio r-a-d-i-o at gmail.com that's the email um blackboxradio.com that's the webby uh you hear us putting all of this content out so check us out black box radio we out